Welcome back to the Stop Ruining My Childhood podcast. A sometimes nostalgic, sometimes cynical look back at pop culture. Join us as we revisit movies, cartoons, and live action TV of the 80s and 90s and ask the question... Does this hold up or did I just ruin my childhood? My name is Megan. And I'm Steve. And today we are reviewing... Gem, the 1980s cartoon, and you can find that on Tubi. So I don't know if we've mentioned this before, but Tubi is basically a free streaming service. There are ads, but you can just go in and you don't even have to sign up to watch, so it's nice. Yeah, there's no subscription or anything. You do have to watch commercials, but sometimes you can find some stuff that's older or a little more obscure that might be on there. We're not sponsored by them, by the way. Um, plug, free plug for Tubi. Um, but we are open, Tubi, so if you're listening, you can call us. Oh, yeah, 100%. So you can also find um, links for what we watched on our blog, Watch With Us, which is at StopRuiningMyChildhood.com. But before we get into Gem today, we have the first segment of our show, which is Unsponsored Snack Review Time. Unsponsored snack today is Hershey Symphony Bars. So, insight into our show, a little backstory here. We were supposed to do Symphony Bars for Alvin and the Chipmunks. But someone ate them. Who's to say who that was? It was definitely me. (laughs) (laughs) I saw it in there. I forgot it was for the show. So, we picked this, though, again for Gem. Because Gem is a show about a band. It's a music show. It's a music show. So, um, Steve, we have the two kinds here are... Oh, you did two kinds. Yeah, we've got plain, which is just your standard milk chocolate. And then we have creamy milk chocolate, almond, and toffee chip. Okay. So you're taking some of the toffee chip. Yes. I'm going to talk a little bit while you do that. So we talked before. These are from Hershey. Um, Milton Hershey founded the Lancaster Caramel Company, or Caramel, depending on how you say it, mm-hmm. <laughs> in, 19, in 1886. After seeing a German chocolate manufacturing machine in 1893 at the World's Fair, or the World's Columbian Exposition in Chicago, he decided to go into the chocolate-making business. So that's when Hershey was formed, 1894, the year after. So Hershey Bar debuted in 1900, but... You know, a lot of people, especially, I don't know if you're a European listener of ours or an Australian, a lot of people in other countries don't like the regular Hershey bar. Okay. And that's because we went to Hershey on our honeymoon and we went through like kind of a factory sort of tour. Yes. Right? Yeah. They did the whole tour of the whole, the factory, the shop, all the whole, the whole Hershey deal. Yeah. It was awesome. It wasn't the only place we went on honeymoon, by the no, way. No. We stopped there on the way. <laughs> yeah. So... We heard about this. They they ferment their chocolate in a unique way, and that causes it to have butyric acid, which is also, like, found in Parmesan cheese. But it does, for some people, it kind of has, um, I want to put this delicately, it, it tastes a little bit like vomit to some people. That's weird. And so a lot of the, the taste associated with this is very American. And a lot of um, European and Australian people, people in other countries especially, don't care for it as much. So in the 1930s and 40s, they added more milk to this formula and they came up with this bar called Mild and Mellow. But during World War II, and there were sugar shortages. Okay. So they discontinued it because of those sugar shortages. And then in 1984, they started doing more research and they realized that people in other countries and also some wealthier consumers in the u.s didn't really like the regular hershey bar and a lot of people were going toward like upper class and upper middle class were going toward like custom chocolate like a diva like things of that right nature. yeah and um in the uk cadbury which we had yep. cadbury cream eggs right it's a lot milkier so they decided to kind of bring back a bar similar to the mild and mellow And that is the Symphony Bar. And I remember this so well. They developed it for five years. This was a major Hershey's project then. It tastes, I mean, maybe I'm not discerning taste, but it tastes like a chocolate bar to me. So, I mean, I'm not like, Megan's just pounding down the Symphony Bar now so I can talk. (laughs) I just had to wait until she slipped a little bit in. It's, I mean, it's not bad, but to be honest, I don't think I would notice the difference between this and a regular Hershey bar unless I had them both in my hand eating at the same time. I notice a difference a lot. Well, you, I guess, are just a chocolate no. connoisseur, and I'm not. <laughs> no, we've talked about this before. So, 
at one point we're, we're at Hershey. Now, Steve and I got married later. So at this point, I'm 38 years old. And I turn to Steve and I go, it's always funny how like Hershey kind of burns your throat when you eat it. And Steve looks at me like, what? I was like, what are you talking about? No, it doesn't. That's not normal. <laughs> so I have a number of food allergies and I think that there might be something or else I'm picking up the fact that it's that fermented part of it. I don't get that with this. And this is like my favorite candy bar because of it. I haven't had the plain. I've only had the toffee um, prior to today. Maybe your genetic waspiness is allergic <laughs> to the low class Hershey bar. Yeah, I'm one of the wealthier consumers. Yeah. Um, at any rate, in 1989, five years of development, and I remember these commercials so well. I will link one on our blog. They had this major campaign in the 80s for these symphony bars where it was like an orchestra playing music and like pouring of chocolate the way it is like the beginning of Willy Wonka and the okay. Chocolate Factory. And they really did try to come up with a more European-style chocolate with this. So it has basically the same ingredients as a Hershey bar, just different amounts. Okay. And the name Symphony is given to the bars because it's supposed to tr be, quote, a treat to the mouth in the same way that music is to the ears. Oh, well, that makes sense now. Yeah. <laughs> Does it create yeah. a symphony it, in your mouth? It's it's a, a piece of art on my tongue. How's yeah. That? Um, I just think that that's so funny. So, yeah, we have the plain and then we have the toffee. The tagline for this is there will never be another unfinished symphony because it's like you can't stop eating it. It's like oh, okay. Pringles, you can't just eat yeah. one, right? <laughs> um, or is that Lay's? Lay's, you can't just eat one. Pringles, yeah. once you pop, you can't stop. Right. Um, I think it's pretty good. I like the saltiness of the toffee and the crunch, and I kind of like the creaminess of the plain. Yeah, they're both pretty good to me. I mean, let's so let's get down to brass tacks. All right. Let's get down to rating. How many out of five microphones? Okay. How many are you going to give Symphony? I got to give it a five. Yeah, it really is. This is, it's not available as much as like a Snickers or, a th you know, like mm -hmm. a Milky Way, but this is like my favorite. This is one of my favorite candy bars. Yeah. Okay. A five out of five. I'm going to give it a three because really? it's a chocolate bar. I mean, it's, there's nothing special about it to me. I mean, but it's I like chocolate. chocolate, but I mean, this is not like a maple candy to me. Mm. This is not like, there. we've had a few candies on here that, I mean, rate higher than this. Because yeah. if I ate one of those four or five candies in my mind, mm -hmm. those four or five rating candies, I know I'm like, oh, that's that. Yeah. Right? This, if I ate this, like I said before, I'd be like, oh, it's a chocolate bar. Yeah. All I right. like chocolate, so it's a three. I mean, but it's I'm a not... good chocolate, but that's okay. So we're split on this. So... Four out, out of five, five microphones. microphones. We finally got it on the first try. <laughs> I usually have to edit out like three or four takes. I'm so excited. Four out of five microphones for Symphony Bars. So now for the main event, let's get into Gem. Gem and the Holograms. So if you haven't heard us before, we do a snack review. Then we do some fun facts about whatever the show is we watched. We take a quick break. When we come back, we do our full review and recap. And then at the end, we have a segment, What is Steve Willing to Watch? And I'm so excited for today's. But it's like a little sneak preview of what we're going to talk it about next time. It concerns me that you get so excited about that segment. I seriously go through so many descriptions and curate it to what I think you will watch, but also what I think will maybe be hilarious to talk about. Okay. <laughs> so. so, summary of Gem and the Holograms. If you were not a child of the 80s, Gem and the Holograms came out in 1985, and in brief summary, because as Megan just said, after break we'll get into a little bit more of the full review recap for the of episodes. each episode. Right. But the summary of Gem and the Holograms as a cartoon is the fact that Gem is, her actual real name is Jerrica, and she is uh, the heir to a music industry, and she decides to become a music star through a number of different reasons, and we'll talk about that. Her dad, who's passed away, left her this machine that can project holograms and it can make her look like a rock star and she takes the name gem and her friends become the holograms which is her band and every episode it's her and her friends trying to overcome some kind of challenge while being rock stars yeah. and they have a foil the band that the misfits which mm -hmm. is like a harder version of their band but also all girls 
Um, and so there's always music, usually three songs in each episode, sometimes more, but for the most part, it averages around three. Because they're about 30 <laughs> minutes long. Yeah, they're around 30 yeah. minutes long. And what I noticed is normally it's two songs by Jim and the Holograms and one by the Misfits. Yeah, to balance things out. Right. So Jim gets two, yeah. but the Misfits get one. Yeah, we're going to talk about those in the, when we get to the episode. Yes, yeah. And so, <laughs> and then by the end, usually at like most cartoons, especially during this era, right in the 80s, um, Jim and the Holograms win the day. Um, but they're always up against either some sort of um, unforeseen circumstance. Usually it's the misfits trying to take them down so they can be the number one band. Or Eric. Or the Eric, evil. Who, who used to run her dad's business. Yes. But he backs the misfits as well. They right. kind of team up a lot. And yeah, so that's kind of where it's at. So you have Jem or Jerrica, and she has um, her friends that are in the band, as well as Rio, who's her boyfriend, and Synergy, which is the computer. Yes. Um, and so that's basically your summary of the Gem cartoon. And I did also watch the movie, the live action movie from the 2000s. Um, Steve did not. I offered it to Steve and he was like, no, I'm with that's why we do what is steve willing to watch because <laughs> steve was not willing to put himself i feel himself like i it. saw it once before oh really yeah Ugh. probably because it was on tv or something and i was just flicking through yeah um so at any rate i'll talk about that a little bit toward the end um when we get into the review it's not great but at any rate so this ran for three seasons 65 episodes there were 26 episodes, season one, 27, season two, and then 12. So I don't know if um, they plan 12 or if that's just, you know, sometimes they cancel it midway through. Right. We're, we're going to start where we often start in the 80s, which is the exploitation of children and their parents' money. <laughs> because like <laughs> many 80s shows, this started with a toy. And um, I'm going to talk about this in my memories, but the doll was an inch taller than Barbie. There are several different versions of this doll. So they didn't have, um, I don't think they had like a set mold for it, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. So it was made by the same team as G.I. Joe and Transformers, Hasbro and Marvel teaming up. Christy Marks, who created this, wrote 23 episodes. She also did... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Nice. Um, Conan the Barbarian. Red Sonja. G.I. Joe and Transformers. This is very different for her. Yeah, well. Those are very action, fantasy, more boy kind of cartoons. Yeah, than which, this one. which could also be. This does have some action elements to it, and that might be why. Samantha Newark provided the speaking voices of uh, Jerrica, also known as Jem. She toured as a child singer. And later on had a music career, but did not do the vocals for this. Yeah, she didn't sing the songs, which is interesting. Yeah, she sang the songs to a movie soundtrack um, and sang some vocals in another movie, Material Girls. So a couple movie soundtracks in there. And she had self-titled album in 2008. And some of her songs have been featured in like Smallville, Reba... Gossip Girl, America's Next Top Model, um, MTV shows. So it's just kind of interesting to me. Britta Phillips actually did the vocals on the songs. So she's an American singer, songwriter, and musician. And she's been in a couple bands, The Bell Tower, Ultra Baby Fat, which I love that name. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, basically, the voiceover cast never auditioned to do the songs and the people doing the songs did not did like they kept them very separate yeah. and they were actually very separate from what I, it, they were because the show was produced in california and that's where the voiceover and everything was done but the bands that they used for music i think was on the east coast yeah so they just kind of sent the song and were like this is what we want songs about and they got songs yeah um that's it's it's very interesting so gem is kind of based on like new wave music um, neon colored clothing, shoes, accessories, musical instruments. That's what a lot of the, um, dolls came with. Some of the toys were packaged with a playable cassette, like a single, <laughs> um, where you'd have like, I remember this, they had the theme song on one side and then one of the songs on the okay. other side. At least the one I, I remember had that. It was very eighties. Their look <clears throat> is very eighties. The colors. Yes. This was not your mom's Barbie. No, it, well, it wasn't my Barbie either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Jem sold more than 3 million dolls. 
and the cartoon was drawing in about two million, two and a half million viewers each week, which for a time, it was the third most watched children's program in syndication. My guess is because when you run through some of the other things we've talked about, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Transformers, G.I. Joe, He-Man, a lot of the stuff was aimed at boys. And this is one of the few that kind of was aimed at girls. Mm -hmm. The stories of the TV show sometimes featured like heavy real world issues. The characters, because they worked with Marvel, we've talked mm -hmm. about this before, had a lot of elaborate backstories. And they wanted it, I guess, to feel more like we adapted a novel as opposed right. to we're just making episodes. I don't know if the first five episodes was a five-parter, but it seems that way because it's almost done like a soap opera where right. it's continuation. And then later on, there are standalone episodes like most shows of the 80s where it's like a storyline that finishes at the end. Um, they had a pretty ethnically diverse group of people for the time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was different... There was different representation of of the band members of the holograms, which was which was uh, was kind of ahead of its time a little bit. And also the foster girls as well that yes. they're taking care of. So they have a they have this home, the Starlight House, and they're taking care of these foster girls. Yeah, Jerica's father, who left her all this stuff, it was kind of a very diverse businessman. Yeah, because he owned a Starlight Records company and also a foster home for girls. Yeah. For wayward girls. Yeah, I know. Yeah, for wayward girls. But I think you can see a lot of people at that time, and even now, you have wealthy people who then also have a side charity that they sponsor. Right. Right. Um, Dolly Parton is a great example. She has the, the Dolly Parton library where they provide free books, um, as well as a lot of business ventures and music. Right. Right. But some of the other... Issues that they dealt with, depression, addiction, family stress, being adopted or being in foster care. One of the voice actors said, quote, you might dismiss the songs as cheesy, but they're not. The messages are good. They're complex. They're messages we still need to hear today. There's really a gem song about every situation in life. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that. But I, I like that they tried to make them a little bit deeper. The holograms typically feature woodwinds, horns, strings. The misfits have a little bit more of an electronic sound. But, you know, they do have... This is similar to me to Alvin and the Chipmunks. These are not just... They're a little bit more nuanced songs. They're original yeah. music here. Alvin and the Chipmunks had some original and some, like, covers. Yeah. They're key changes. They're a little bit vocally challenging. Jem stepped it up. Jem... Actually, for the three seasons that they did, their 65 episodes, they had 151 original songs. Yeah, that's crazy. It's a lot. That's a lot of original music to be writing. Yeah. Um, so even when you hear one that's not that great, you have to be like, well, there's 115. Yeah. 151. <laughs> 151. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I had, I transposed the numbers in my head. So it developed a huge cult following and the creator said... Okay, it's a girl's property. It's got to be romance, fashion, glitter, glamour, all that stuff. But we're afraid boys might change the dial, so we have to put in some action as well. So it's really interesting how they juggle that, and the sci-fi elements are kind of interesting to me, which mm -hmm. we'll get into in the episodes. It has still a cult following. There are people who dress up as gem every year for Halloween. There are gem fan clubs out there. Facebook groups, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And there was a live action movie in 2015. It stars Audrey Peebles, Juliette Lewis, and Molly Ringwald is the mom. Yeah. <laughs> is the mom. The concept is really quite different from the original cartoon. So basically in the movie, Jem and Kimber have to go to their aunt's house because their father has passed away. Their aunt has two foster children already so she raises all four of them like sisters so they're a lot younger in the movie okay and then basically they stumble upon synergy and that's kind of why i watched it i wanted to know how they would do the hologram thing mm -hmm. they really never they finally get synergy to turn on like at the end of the movie and she projects a thing of jem's dad saying how much he loves her i'm like you could have just left like but a... she doesn't actually make them no into... They just dress up differently? Yeah, and the people at the Starlight Records know that she's Jerrica, and basically 
there's a lot of stuff with social media and things like mm-hmm. that. She's put on a thing of on like YouTube, not showing her real name, so nobody else knows. But the people at the record company do. Okay. And then there's like typical like, how do I be myself and also be this kind of character right. and like that. So <clears throat> it was kind of disappointing because 2015, come on, we have a lot of CGI. CGI yeah. it up. Yeah, they can step that up a little bit. <laughs> step it up a little bit. So those are some fun facts. We're going to take a break here. And when we come back, we'll get into our full review and recap. This podcast is supported by its creators. And listeners like you. Help keep our show ad-free by visiting our website, StopRuiningMyChildhood.com. There you can find links to our social media. And this very podcast you're currently listening to. Both Megan and I are authors, and you can find links to our books on our About page. And on our Watch With Us page, you can find videos and links for all the shows and movies we discuss on the podcast. And more importantly, links to buy the nostalgic snacks we review as well. We also post bonus content about once a month. So like, subscribe, and follow. For a small, independent podcast like ours, it really does make a difference. Thanks. And now, back to the show. Welcome back. My name is Megan. And I'm Steve. And Steve, what are your memories about Jem? Uh, so many memories about Jem. I mean, really? To find my childhood. No, it didn't. <laughs> I, I do... You know, I shouldn't say that. I do remember Jem. Um, this is not like something that was foreign to me completely. Um, I remember the actual cartoons, like because they were on after school. I think they were on Saturday morning. Was it Saturday morning? Mm-hmm. I don't know if maybe they were on later. But I, I, I remember seeing the cartoons on TV, and I would watch them. They weren't bad. I mean, they were better than a lot of other girl cartoons. Because they were a little more action. Probably because there was music in them. Yeah. So it probably came on before or after something else I watched. But I did I did watch it. I remember a lot of the, the commercials for like the gem toys for the dolls and all that kind of stuff. I remember it being kind of a competition to Barbie at the time. But yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I do recall the, the cartoon being a part of my childhood. It wasn't a huge piece, but a little bit more so than probably some other things that were in your childhood. What about your memories? So, my issue with Jem. <laughs> I have a beef with Jem. Oh boy. My issue with Jem is that, as I mentioned in the historical section and the fun facts, Jem dolls were an inch taller than Barbie. So basically what happened is that they came out with this doll. If you see the original, the earrings do light up. Her, yep. her earrings that turn her into a hologram, so that's kind of neat. But this doll has an enormous head, and it's an inch taller than Barbie, and it and also, this may be the most frustrated, Jem had huge feet, huge flat feet. So I remember the doll way more than the cartoon. She My, didn't have the completely unrealistic tiny feet that Barbie had? No. Because they were like, let's make her be able to stand like a woman would. But then the problem is that if you bring Jem over to your cousin's house and you're all playing Barbies together, you can't do anything with Jem because you can't put clothes. Like, there aren't any clothes or accessories that fit her, basically. Except she, did she come with her own? Yeah, but they're not. Like, we talked about this, the razor, razor blade thought of selling things is the Barbie you would have... At that point in the 80s, Barbie was huge, and there was there were tons of clothes. Like, there was a whole section just for Barbie clothes, like, right. in Toys R Us, which is also gone now. I didn't realize that. Yeah. So, well, you wouldn't have gone into that part of the I store. thought, like, you just got what came with your Barbie doll, and then you could swap them with other no. stuff that came well, with the Barbies. Well, I mean, yeah, but you would also go and, like buy clothes and shoes and stuff like yeah like i had a special like prom dress for barbie and you'd have like an outfit like for barbie to be a teacher for barbie to be a pilot you could buy just the outfit yeah um you couldn't really do that with gem so the if you look on ebay most of them don't have clothes most of the gem dolls? Yeah, most of the gem dolls and the holograms, they don't have clothes. And I think that's why, because the clothes were really not as readily available. So th- what ended up happening is that Jem became, in our stories, when we're playing Barbie, in our stories, Jem is like the mean mom. <laughs> <laughs> or like the ugly friend that nobody will play with. Wow. Kids can be really cruel. <laughs> and we'd make fun of her feet. 
And then she uh, like goes you with You guys her. have some really <laughs> interesting playtime. So it, it is really sad. But uh-huh. that's basically what happened. And they kind of tried to retool the doll. Like I showed you one version where her chest is more anatomically correct than Barbie's okay. was. What happens is that when the show hits, the people at Mattel then want to do something to combat Jem. And they come up with Barbie and the Rockers. Right. And then they start doing, which was by the time they really started getting into it, I was a little bit old for it. But they started doing like direct-to-video movies about Barbie. Right. So, But I always felt at that time, and now I wasn't I was playing with them, obviously. But as someone just watching commercials and watching like cartoons and stuff, I always felt like Gem and the Holograms was winning out of Barbie and the Rockers. Yeah, they were for a little bit. Because like that was their thing. <clears throat> And Barbie just, they was like, they were trying to catch up and they're like, oh, we could do that too. Yeah, they were for a little bit. The problem was that they didn't capitalize on the toy the way that they needed to. They really didn't. I don't think that they had a clear trajectory for it. Meaning that could you get like the Jerrica doll separately from Jem? Could you have, they did bring in some other characters later in the series in like season three, but they didn't, they don't, it's not like He-Man or, um... They didn't go at it like G.I. Joe. Or Strawberry, yeah, <clears throat> Strawberry Shortcake and G.I. Joe. When we watched those, they had episodes just to introduce new characters. Oh, yeah. And I think they could have, they there could have been another rival band. There could have been a friend band. Mm-hmm. There could have been a lot of different things. I think I may have had, now that I'm talking about it, I did not remember this until just now. I think I had a stage for her. Did I think you have it did the rock and roadster. I didn't have the rock and roadster okay. the car. But they did have like a stage that she could go on and that was pretty cool. But the reason this show was canceled ultimately is because the toys stopped being popular. Yeah. And I think that some of those mechanics of like what the doll looks like, the fact the head looks so weird, it did not look like her at all. It didn't really even have her makeup. It looked like they took a head from one doll and the body from another doll. And I didn't do enough research to find out if that's what happened, but that's my guess. Okay. My guess is that's what happened. Yeah. I remember the theme song. I don't really remember any specific episodes. Also, I thought her boyfriend's name was Eric. And I had a doll with black hair, and I'm guessing that was a Rio doll that we just called Eric. Okay. (laughs) Because... When we watch this, and Eric is the bad guy, and he's like 48. Yeah. <laughs> you were just rewriting all sorts we, of gems. We just totally, stuff. I guess we, we just totally rewrote it, and we probably saw like, you know, a handful of episodes, and then it was about the toys. So this was a fun revisit. In your mind, Jem just dated 45 year old Eric because like <laughs> she had an f- enormous head and big flat feet, and no one would, else would date her? Well,. Yeah, basically. (laughs) (laughs) And also, I do remember this, that it didn't happen in these episodes. Well, it did to a certain extent. It's a lot like the Clark Kent Superman vibe, right? Right. That there is kind of a love triangle with herself and Rio because he likes both Jerrica and Jem. Yes. And then later, there's a, I think there's a guy from a, like a, they, they go international and there's a guy from a male band and he starts flirting with her, and then it's like a quadrangle between the four it's of like them. It's like a square? Yeah, it's a square instead of a love triangle. <laughs> because it's like Jem, Jerrica, Rio, and whatever this guy's name is. Riot, I think his name is. So, oh, yes. I do that. I remember that name popping yeah, up. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, those are some of my memories. So, let's talk about the episodes. Um, we watched first the pilot. So, the first episode we watched was season one, episode one, The Beginning. From 1985. Um, It really is just a lot of an intro episode. You get to meet Jerrica. It's right as you find out her dad has died. And you get to meet her friends who are be members of the holograms. That's Kimber, Aja, and Shayna. Right. Kimber, Aja, and Shayna. And then you also get to find out that not only did her dad run Starlight Records, but he he also ran Starlight House for Wayward Girls where there's a bunch of um, orphan girls or girls that are in, like, foster care, Um, a number of teenage kind of girls who live there. It's like a group home, basically. And Jerrica and her three friends also are, like, the staff there. And then this gets into the issue that we talked about a little earlier. Eric, who 
is the CEO of Starlight Records now that her dad is dead. Uh, basically wants a new hot band and he wants to push the Misfits. Um, but Jerrica and the girls find Synergy and they find out that they can be Gem and the Holograms. So they challenge them to um, a battle of the bands in six weeks. And whoever wins that will get to be... What's that? Yeah, and also, <clears throat> who initially, whoever wins just gets signed to Starlight Records. Right. So Eric thinks that Jerrica is the manager for the band. But then, at, at any rate, this guy comes in and he's like, and also, I'll throw in a mansion. And so that kind of sets off what's going to happen. Um, there's some great songs in this one. There's three songs, actually. And it's interesting that we mentioned before that normally there's two songs by Jim and the, Ho- Jim and the Holograms and one by The Misfits. But this is the first episode, and there's actually two by The Misfits mm-hmm. and one by Jim and the Holograms. The Misfits sing Out of My Way, mm-hmm. and then they also sing Win- Winning is Everything. Yeah. And then at the end, Jim and the Holograms sing This is Only the Beginning. Right. You know, it's the same people who did G.I. Joe. So it's a very similar setup that we have a cliffhanger. Yes, we have Eric sends one of his henchmen into the Starlight Home for Wayward Girls to intimidate them. And he basically, in his exit, ends up starting a fire. Right. And so we we see the house burning down. Uh, Jim and, uh, and her three friends get all of the girls out but we see the house burning down and then interestingly enough it has a preview for the next episode which we did not watch right um where they are in a new place and eric has one of his people put a bomb in it on the yacht they're at a yacht party there's there's a a bomb on the yacht but then also a bomb in the house yeah two bombs and i i wrote down lots of fire and bombs (laughs) yeah for 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 like a for like a girl's cartoon for a girl's cartoon about a pop star band, this has yeah. a lot of bombs in this it. This is where that writer's like G.I. Joe, right, Conan right. the Barbarian, yes. Transformers. So let's let's go piece by piece. I will say overall, I thought that it was a really good introduction to who these characters are. Because a lot of times, especially with a kid's show, there's a tendency or like a temptation to info dump. And we don't get that. We get Jerrica coming out of the fun- her father's funeral. That's basically the beginning, which also a dark beginning for a cartoon. Dark beginning, yeah. But to me, it's a little bit like her hero's journey, right? Mm-hmm. She's got the call to adventure and her reluctance to take over for her father. That reluctance to the call is like, I don't know if I can do it. She's clearly like in her 20s, but pretty young. And then there's the Starlight House, which is a mess. Synergy is hidden out at the abandoned Starlight Drive-In. Yeah, he named... So apparently he he owned a drive-in movie as well. Yeah, but he named everything Starlight. But they get kind of like directions to go there. And they then they figure out, oh, it's at the Starlight Movie Theater. Well, you didn't know that already. It's named... He named everything Starlight. He named everything the same. Oh, let's start. Before we even get into all that, we didn't talk about the intro. The intro song is a bop, as the kids say. Yeah, Jim. Yeah. Jem is truly outraged. Oh, I didn't mention this before either. The the live action movie says outrageous like 70 times. Of course it does. (laughs) But... This intro song is awesome, and it also kind of establishes the characters. They have a bit where the misfits sing, um, where the misfits were better, whatever, however their words go, and then it goes back into Gem is Truly Outrageous, and it is shot like a music video, so it's kind of, it's kind of cool in that way. The setup of Eric and Gem both own, like, half of Starlight Records. Yes. And I put in my notes, he should have left her a, he should have left her 51%, so she'd be a majority stakeholder. Yeah. <laughs> like, why not just add that extra little 1%? Or why not leave the whole company just to your daughter? It's not really clear. But it does set up a really good push and pull between, between the two of them. Well, also, part of the deal, when they do the Battle of the Bands deal, to see who's going to get signed on as the band... Part of that deal, too, is whoever's band wins, they get control of the company. Yes. So Eric gets full control if the Misfits win, 
or Jem gets, or not Jem, but Jerica. Jerica gets full control if if Jim and the Holograms win. And this is Jerica's idea, and she's all, and she goes, "Yeah, that's a great idea." Wait a second, you already own half of it, yeah. and if you have a good lawyer, I'm sure you could probably make the case to just take over the company. <laughs> you don't have to put it all on the line with these with with a battle of the bands. Yeah, or do like um like in Working Girls, she goes, Melody Griffith and Harrison Ford go to like all the smallest shareholders and buy up their stock. Yeah, <laughs> just take it. Now, I want to say this too. This is jumping ahead a tiny bit. We're talking about this, like, in terms of business. One of the other plots that we watched does involve Jerrica being an accountant for the company. So yeah, they as did. the CEO? I, I don't understand So they that. did think about these details, um, which is funny. So the Battle of the Bands, Jerrica gets involved because the Misfits are going to, they're going to set it up for the Misfits to win. They've right. hired all these other bands who are not good. So they're kind of, um, they're fixing the contest. Right? Yes. But other than fixing the contest, which which was really Eric's idea, at this point, Jericho calls the Misfits trash, and I put, this is like, they're supposed to be kind of a punk band, but everybody looks like a female version of Kiss in this show. Right, yes. And this is like if... I don't know, like, at this point, right, Debbie Gibson gets in a fight with Tiffany. Like, yeah. they're not, or... Um, they're very similar. They're very, or, like, Cindy Lauper and Madonna are, like, one of us is good and one of us yeah. is bad. Besides the fact that Misfits wear a little darker colors, yeah. that's pretty much it. Yeah, they're green and purple instead of pink and blue, basically. Yeah. Um, so, we go through this thing where the earrings come in the mail... In my notes, I put, they look like they're from Claire's. They don't look like... They're her. just big, hot pink stars. Yeah, they're just big stars. And then I, in my notes, I also put, OMG, Synergy is like an enormous ghost. I did not remember. I remember her saying Showtime Synergy and touching the earring. I did not remember what Synergy looked like. And Synergy looks like a ghost with, like, leg warmers. She looks like, like a, a blue-skinned Jane Fonda. Yes, that's what it is. From or, Jane Fonda workout or videos. What's that movie? Perfect with Jamie Lee Curtis. Yes. <laughs> or um, let's get physical. Yeah, she's <laughs> yes. in like eighties workout gear, tight skin tight leggings. Or actually, not too far off from just a few weeks ago, from the outfit that the girl in Dream a Little Dream wore when oh, she yes. was dancing. When she was dancing. Yeah, yes. when Lainey was dancing. <clears throat> yes. And then, um, and then we had the Michael Jackson moves from Corey Lainey Feldman. could have been part of the holograms. She could have been a hologram the whole time. Um, so she is, this is also, I paused this to write this down verbatim. This is what she says. I am Synergy, a holographic computer designed to be the ultimate audio-visual entertainment synthesizer. Like, that's <laughs> so specific. But also... Jerrica's father is an inventor who created an AI, but used it to possibly do music shows. Well, he's an inventor, a businessman, <laughs> yes, a musician, a foster care guardian, yeah, and a movie theater entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah, driving theater entrepreneur. I I think we cracked the actual mystery, not who Jem is. Who Jerrica's father is. I think he might be Iron Man. <laughs> Jerrica's father is a renaissance man. Or a billionaire with ADD. Because he seems his interests seem to be all over the place. Yeah, that's true. But it's a hologram with basically there are micro projectors apparently. And the earrings work as a micro projector. So if you have the earrings on... Um, you can press them and near you or in a certain radius around you, these holograms can appear. And at different points, this comes up like Jem. Uh, well, she looks like Jem when she presses mm -hmm. the earring and the, um, her friends become glammed up rockers. Yeah. Um, she has a like a double at one point. She's running away from a thug, and she sends the... Yeah, she can project herself. She can project herself as Jerrica. They can, they much can project anything. a wall. Yeah. They also, at one point, they they project they're in a car, and they make the car look different, and they make themselves look like four old ladies. 
Yes. So That's in the third episode we watched. Yeah, yeah, so it's kind of hilarious how they how they use it. So they have six months to become more popular than the Misfits. Oh, there's also a movie deal. So it's Starlight Records um signing the band to be Signed with Starlight the, Records. The mansion. The mansion and, and then the movie, movie deal. deal. And then they get in their car, which is the rock and roadster. Yeah, everything about this band screams 1980s punk rock. And then the rock and roadster is from the 1940s. Yeah, it really is. And what's also interesting is that their counterparts, the Misfits, they come bursting in on like mopeds that look like electric guitars. Yes. But like 80s electric guitars with like the sharp they're point. They're like, and they're like keytars. Yeah, too. the keytars. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's kind of funny. And then we also, in between this, we have scenes of the current Starlight House is in complete disrepair. They really need the mansion to move into. Yeah. Um, we have like a montage of them. Um, fixing it up and we have a b story of trouble with a quote-unquote wayward girls which by the way kind of means something different than how it's being used here yeah um but one of the foster girls is having some problems they're trying to raise money and this girl ashley um by the way too i noticed the misfits are the only ones that have like print on their clothes okay um with like black like mm-hmm. a dark print. Ashley also is the only one of the girls who has a dark print on her clothes. So it's kind of a... So dark print is bad news. Yeah, it's bad news. Yeah. It's like in a noir novel when, like, there's a woman with blonde hair and a woman with black hair. Right. right? <laughs> so we have, uh, they say, like, another day with no electricity. Yeah. And then... And, and they, then, they have candles, which is how the yeah. house catches And then Jerrica makes out with Rio in front of all the girls. Oh, yeah, big time. All Ellen. the adolescent and, girls. And also, what's hilarious to me is that the girls react like people in a sitcom where they go, Yeah. <laughs> all at once. So they have these lanterns because they have no electricity. Right. But you're... You also own this Starlight Records Half company. Half the record company, yeah. And also your dad didn't put any money into this place. He just built it, put nope. the girls in there, and was like, all right. Um, Add Slumlord to the list. Amongst all the other oh things no. that her dad was, oh, Slumlord. That's so sad. Now, in the middle of all of that, we have these three music videos, essentially. Yeah, that's what's really cool is, unlike even like the Chipmunks sometimes, where they're just a song... Yeah. When a song starts in gem, it goes into a legit music video. Yeah, I loved this part. Even of it. with the little like tag at the bottom with like Gem and the Hologram, Starlight Records. Yes. Um, I loved this part of it and I'll tell you why. Because music videos at this point were still in kind of their nascent stage. A lot of them are very basic. Many of them are just like the band playing with like weird camera work. Mm. They take advantage of the fact that this is a cartoon. Yeah. The preview has Jem and Rio underwater, swimming underwater, and, and there's another song where the misfits become, like, larger than life, and we go through all of these things, so it's this fantasy that... You could do today in music videos, but at that point, you really couldn't do it. Cool how they use the animation in that way. It's really some really smart decisions. So it kind of, as I said, ends at a cliffhanger. They're using lanterns because the electric's out. The lantern falls over and... Starts the this place on fire. Yeah. And then that's that's it. Then we go into the... And then next week there are bombs. Apparently. Yeah, next week there's going to be bombs. What did you think... But what did... Going back, what did you think of the music? I like the music, actually. Yeah, I don't think the music's too bad. A lot of the songs sound similar, but... They're short. You know, yeah. they're not three-minute videos, but because of the length of the cartoon... Yeah. That wouldn't be practical. But I thought they were catchy. There's a few that we'll get to in the other episodes I really liked. Um, and yeah, I just thought it was really cool. The Misfits have two... The other, well, and also it's a little bit, the band isn't together until like the right, middle or the end bat, of it. Yeah, yeah. the end, I guess. The other thing, my surprise kind of is, not just that the Misfits have those two songs, as you pointed out, but also it would have been really easy to have the Misfits be not as good vocally or in terms of like yeah, the lyrics of the songs. Yeah, they're actually pretty good too. I actually liked their first song better 
than than the hologram song later on. I actually thought that it was a better song. So I kind of like that that musically they're evenly matched because a lot of um a lot of shows will set so that, you know, the rival is not as good and that's just not the case here. So they didn't even need to set up battle of the bands. They could have won on their own. You know. <laughs> so the second episode we went, we stayed with season 1, we jumped to episode 5. Which, as Megan said, it seems like the first five episodes are very heavily connected because episode five is now that Battle of the Bands. So it's now six months later and they're actually going to do the Battle of the Bands. Right, so this was my choice because we all we, we don't do the pilot all the time, but we wanted to do the pilot here because we knew that the setup for the show was in the pilot. Right. But I chose Battle of the Bands just because it sounded like a fun premise and I know it's a show about a band, so Battle of the Bands should be like really heavily featuring the band. Yes. It's very... Very clear. The, the intro is almost like a soap from that same time period where they're like, the last time on, Gem. And then they like yes. go into the last four episodes. They kind of recap. This is an interesting episode because it's not just Battle of the Bands. Yes. This really starts off with Eric has hired a private eye to tail Gem and the holograms. Um, and he finds out that they're going to the drive-ins, and he finds Synergy. Yes, but he doesn't know what Synergy is. He doesn't know what it is, but he takes a picture of it, and he's like, goes to get Eric and and Eric's henchmen to show them. Luckily, Synergy has like an alarm and tells Jerrica that someone's been in there. So Jerrica and her three friends that are holograms all rush off with a moving truck to... The drive-ins, and they take Synergy, the whole machine, and move it. Right. Um, so that it's not there anymore and nobody can get to it. And I think that that's... This is what I remember, is that I remember Synergy being in the dressing room. Or, like, in the house. In the mansion, from, yeah. Yeah, from the episodes that I can kind of vaguely recall, even though I forgot that she looked like Jane Fonda. Um, yeah, so they they pick up Synergy, and again, we have kind of a B story where Ashley from before, who was having some trouble, she's the foster kid. Yep. She's basically been bribed by the misfits to let them into the house and cause trouble and all of that kind of thing meanwhile eric kidnaps ashley yes all right so he just now he's beyond just fixing battles of the band so that he can have starlight records he kidnaps an adolescent girl right and puts her in a trunk and then stormer who seems to be the nicest of the three Yes. Almost lets her out. They bully Stormer and make fun of her for being a kind, good person. And she's like, sorry, I can't let you out. And the whole point is they use her as ransom, basically, to get Gem and the Holograms to go try to find Ashley and not make it to the Battle of the Bands. Right. And then we have this chase scene with the Rock and Roadster where they have to make it there on time. They almost don't make it in time. Um, and then um, they do. And then they do an amazing job. And the crowd goes wild. The crowd is, of course, deciding who's winning, right? By right. their applause. And the Misfits trash their guitars backstage, which is another so 80s rock. Yeah, because they're angry and they do it. But I love the detail Three there. great songs in this episode. She's Got the Power by Jim and the Holograms. Yes. Taken It All by the Misfits. And Music is Magic. Music is Magic by Gem and the Holograms. That's the one they sing to win the Battle of Bands. Yeah, She's Got the Power is like a rock ballad. They do this thing with music video where it's like camels and rainbows and they're traveling over like past the pyramids and all these things that you couldn't really do, at least not well. In, in a, a live, in a, in a live action. action music yeah. video. Yeah, not Which the is, time. again, why I really wish that live action movie had been... Better. Featuring this. Yeah, because that's it, how To cool. be honest, it would have been an awesome movie if they had actually, is like in like homage to this, they had had actual like music videos inserted into yes. the movie. Yes, and they do a thing instead with like YouTube videos. But it's, it's just not the same. At any rate, uh, I don't want to get on. I sound, you know... So, the other thing about this episode is their outfits. Let's talk about this a little bit. They are... Oh, I loved it. I loved it so much. This show is all about, like, neon and bright and fun and vibrant. It's, like, everything that you think the 80s was, with like, in... 
in shows now that try to depict the 80s, right? Mm-hmm. And they have bangles. They have uh, the off-the-shoulder shirt that was, like, made famous by um, Flashdance, right? They have short skirts. They have um, bright neons and the black abstract patterns, animal prints, print-colored tights, the big 80s hair, and they're all, oh, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> I just loved it so much. So let's let's move on to... So season two, episode five, one gem too many. We jump to season two. Jerrica is being stretched way too thin between um, home and running Starlight Records, which she does now because they won Battle of the Bands in mm-hmm. season one, um, as well as being gem. And so she's just, she's beat tired she's apparently the ceo at starlight has to do all the federal tax forms which is ridiculous to me why don't you have accountants all the money's got to go payroll all the money's got to go to those foster kids we don't have money for accountants or Um, payroll and so it's kind of crazy as far as that goes um it starts off with the first song by jen and the holograms which is imagine me Mm -hmm. and that's this is a ballad as well Yeah. And it's like her diving into a lake and then seeing herself as Jem in the reflection and as Jerrica not in the reflection. And it's just, it's really, there's a waterfall. It's very 80s ballad-ish, but it's pretty cool, actually. I want to say, too, the the animation improved by this point Mm -hmm. a little bit. It's a little bit cleaner, a little bit more detail, especially with the faces. Um, The faces are a little bit smoother, I feel like, in the first season. And we do have, I also love Jerrica has longer hair to show that time has passed. So that was kind of cool. Yes. Which a lot of times cartoon characters, they don't do that. That's right? true. They have made her hair a little but longer. But what you were talking about with the general plot, I feel like even though she's doing all the accounting, it is pretty realistic that you're a rock star and you're kind of burned out and then we start seeing some erratic behavior. Right. Except that it's a, we have a gem imposter. Yes. Who is going around, looks like gem, and she's going around to appearances that gem would be at, and like tipping tables, insulting fans. She makes a big scene when Rio is going to take her to lunch, um, and she's just kind of a jerk, and she's starting to ruin gem's reputation. Yeah, if it had not been a fake gem, which you kind of don't know at first, you're like, is something wrong with synergy? Is she sending a hologram? No, it's one of the misfits in a mask. It's the newest member of the misfits in a mask. Yes. So the misfits have picked up a band member and uh, Gem and the holograms have picked up a band member. Um, This particular misfit is called Clash. This is your season two extra toys to go buy. Yes, that's true. You're right. They probably still had enormous heads. If you bought Jim and the Holograms and the Misfits by the end of season one, now you have to go buy the new hologram and the new Misfit. Yeah, and there's only two of them. Like, make a third band. I don't know. Anyway, I probably... Here's the deal, really. I would be annoyed if they had made a third band. I'd be like, they're trying to grab money. They're not playing by the story. They're not just an extra... Now, a new band member, that seems silly. Yeah, so we have, um, again, a chase scene, this time with a fairy, Mm -hmm. and this guy with a floppy mohawk who steers a boat remotely, um, which I'm guessing would have kind of been not newer technology, but more readily available at this time. Like, the remote control cars, every kid I know had one. Um, I think we had one at one point, and they also, you could go to, like, the park and steer remote control boats yeah so it's kind of a neat um use of tech there (laughs) they say this is my favorite part of the episode they look at each other and they go what are we gonna do and jem jerica or jem says grab the fire axes let's chop up the boat and make a raft yeah so very realistically this boat has fire axes everywhere and they do they start taking axes to the boat this poor this poor boat. They start taking axes and they chop up the boat. And then we have the confrontation scene. Yeah, they sail back and are able to get to... It's it's a big concert that Jim and the Holograms are supposed to be having. And the misfits, while Jim and the Holograms were on this ferry, show up and say, well, we're Jim's new band. And Eric's like, I'm Jim's new manager. Right. So they're going to have fake Jim basically make a fool of herself on stage. And... Jim and the hol- the real Jim and the Holograms show up. They unmask her in front of everybody, 
and basically, you know, t- all of TV and everything is there, and they're like, oh, it wasn't Jem all, all along. Yeah. And Jem sings the, her last song, which is The Real Me. Yeah, not The Real Me, and it's great. Yeah. It was really the best song, I think, besides the intro of all the songs we heard. The Misfits had a good song, too, Congratulations. Yes. Which was all about to congratulations to no to Jem because now she's ruined her. That's right. They we also have a little bit. It's interesting that they tried to keep up with fashion trends because the first season, as I said, it's kind of loose fitting stuff like short skirts, but like looser tops and like um, sparkles and stuff like that. Sequence here we've got big shoulder pads and corset tops. So there must have been kind of like a trend in that way. And the animators really tried to keep up with the fashion trends in addition, whatever the musicians of the time were kind of wearing, which I think is kind of cool. Also, if you're a little girl, you could buy the new costumes. Except you couldn't. Well, maybe just you couldn't. That's true. Um. Anyway. So reception of Gem. You, so reception. You talked a little bit about, you mentioned a little bit earlier that it had a pretty good reception going off. Um, Gem was the number one Nielsen rated cartoon in the fall of 1986 and 1987. Wow. And then it just dropped Which off. is season two and three. That's season two and three. Because it the, started in 85. Then why did they cut season three I'm assuming off? because toy sales. Yeah. And they just didn't want to continue doing it. Hmm. But it was the number one Nielsen rated cartoon. So it was very well received. Matter of fact, so much, and it actually had a long, um, a long reception, kind of a cult following. Um, but during that time, Samantha Newark, who we mentioned was the voice of Jem, mm-hmm. um, she was nominated for a Young Artist Award oh. twice in 1986 and 1988. Wow, interesting. Um, yep. And then, like I said, this kind of had a long following of fans, and actually, um, Integrity Toys in 2012 made a new gem doll. So that must... I wonder if that's the one that I saw that was a little more anatomically correct. It looked like it also had more, like, better moving parts. Well, this... I think they jumped into a trend. By this point, if you've ever gone to a lot of Comic-Cons and things like that, I'm a big superhero fan. Um, Like Todd McFarlane, who's a comic book artist, also McFarlane Toys makes very detailed action figures Mm, that mm -hmm. are like more money but they're really they're almost like works of art themselves right integrity toys made a gem doll and sold it for 135 dollars yeah and they sold out wow okay they and it was such a big such a big seller that they followed it with a rio Mm -hmm. a jerica and a synergy for 119 a piece (laughs) I would love a Synergy doll. That's awesome. And this is in 2012, so it's almost 30 years later. Yeah, what's crazy is if you go on eBay, which I did because I was trying to remember exactly what this doll looked like, Mm -hmm. they have those new ones. They have the old ones, which, as I said, most don't have clothing on. Right. But they also have a lot of Barbie and the Rocker dolls that people think are gem that they're selling as gem, (laughs) which I thought was hilarious. That is pretty hilarious. And it is very clearly a Barbie doll. Like, that, you can tell the face looks totally different. Um, And the makeup and the hair. I also, I wonder, I could be wrong, I think that my gem doll might have changed hair color. If, I don't know if I'm remembering that right. But I think that if you, if you got the hair, like if you wet it, that it went from blonde to pink. Okay. But I don't know. I may be thinking of one of my Barbie dolls. <laughs> That's the sad thing. <laughs> the hair color change. I know I had a, I know I had a plastic doll that So not only color. did people on eBay get Jim and the Hologram and the Rockers <laughs> mixed up, but so do you. It's possible. I don't know. Anyway, that's what people thought about it back then. What did we think about it? We are rating out of microphones. We do five for the snack and ten. Ten for the, sh- for the show or movie. Ten for the show. So, what are your final thoughts? Mm, you know, I mean, it's not necessarily my total cup of tea. But at the same time, there was some action in it for a cartoon. Mm-hmm. It's not far off from like a G.I. Joe or a Transformers with the action and the story, the adventure story kind of thing. And I did like the music videos. Mm. So I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10 microphones. Okay. I'm going to say that it is very different from Transformers. <laughs> it's not different, though, from He-Man or G.I. Joe in, in terms of, you're right, the way that it's structured, the fact that 
This is kind of part fantasy and part action and part romance. I really liked the blend of all those genres. I have to be honest, I don't remember too many episodes of this or too many details, as I said, and I didn't have a great feeling about the toys. I really enjoyed this. I actually went back and like, well, I said, I watched the live action movie. I would watch a couple more episodes of this. We watched one in five. I kind of would like to see that whole sequence. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I would watch the entire show, all yeah. 65 episodes, but I would like to see that whole, um, that whole sequence of the first five. So I'm kind of between a seven and an eight as well. Um, yeah, I'll go, I'll go with an eight. I'll give it an eight. Okay. So. Yeah. Seven and a half microphones. We did it. <laughs> Seven and a half microphones for Gem. And again, you can find links for that on our website, StopRuiningMyChildhood.com. We have a Watch With Us page, which is like a little blog. I also link some of the other things we talked about. So I'll link some um, some of those links that you just showed me, Steve, yep. to the, the dolls. I'll put those in there, too. And also to Symphony Bars if you can't find them where you live. <laughs> so now our sneak preview. What is Steve willing to watch? I'm so excited. Steve... I have been waiting for this particular What is Steve Willing to Watch for weeks. Okay, so what hit me? You have what no is idea. All right. So our next episode is actually bonus for Father's Day. And what do you have coming up for that? 1980s BMX classic, Rad. <laughs> One of the two BMX classic movies that I know of. BMX Bandits and Rad. Rad. Cult <laughs> classic from the 1980s. Lori Laughlin's in it, mm -hmm. um, and it is, uh, it's just one of those movies that if you've never seen, it's a gem that you have to watch it, um, and I will be joined by a special guest that day, um, not you. No, not me. You tossed me out of the recording studio <laughs> to have your mom, and so now I get to throw you out, and I get to have my own guest. Okay, so it's our Father's Day episode, but we picked rad not because it's a father's day movie but because it is our special guest's favorite episode right and my our special guest is my younger brother kevin who just became a father this year right uh, a few months ago and so i invited him for our father's day episode and i let him choose the movie and um the three bro brothers me him and our other brother used to watch this movie quite a bit as children and so it was something from his childhood in mind that he wanted to bring up. Even though I have to say, I gave him a list of like 10 movies. With <laughs> this was not on your list. It was not. I gave him 10 Father's Day themed movies and he was like, BMX bikes. And we were like, look, you're a new dad and you're going to be recording this in between feedings. So, okay. Yeah. That's our upcoming bonus episode. But our next regular episode is our live action TV. Because mm -hmm. we do a cartoon, then a live action TV, then a movie. And we have Fantasy Island. Okay. So, I'm going to tell you, the original descriptions for these episodes are crazy long. Because Fantasy Island really features, like, two or three connected stories. Er, right. Two or three separate storylines. Yeah. So, you're just going to hit me with a brief one and let me decide. Just a brief one, and I've got five of them here to choose from. Okay. I chose Season 5, Episode 12 which is The Magic Camera, Matahari, and Valerie. So here are your choices. Number one, season four, episode nine, My Late Lover and Sanctuary. A widow has three prospective suitors, but her husband's ghost interferes. Meanwhile, a man has been poisoned with only hours to live and must search for his killer. Okay, what else? <laughs> season four, episode 22, Hard Knocks, Lady Godiva. An ambitious man gets pointers from Bogey himself as he becomes a 1940s private eye. A woman wants to be an accomplished equestrian, but gets much more than she bargained for as Lady Godiva. Okay. Number three, Nona and One Million BC. A blind man uses his gift of sight to search for the woman of his dreams. Two women who wish for macho men are fought over by two tribes of cavemen. Okay. 
fantasy island descriptions <laughs> number four tattoo the love god tattoo asks rourke to grant him the fantasy of being a love god to many beautiful native women at the same time two women want to experience the south similar to gone with the wind mm-hmm. and number five the mermaid the victim a college professor falls in love with a mermaid much to the dismay of his wife Okay. And a woman seeks to date her dream man who promptly kidnaps her. Okay. So, just to recap, we have um, a, a woman with prospective suitors, but her husband's ghost is interfering. We have an ambitious man who wants to be a private eye, uh, and a woman who wants to be Lady Godiva. A blind man who has the gift of sight for a bit, and also cavemen. Tattoo being a love god and also gone with the wind and a college professor falling in love with a mermaid while a woman gets kidnapped. I am going to go with cavemen. Okay. Nona and 1 million BC. Yes. It will be quite an interesting show. I'm so excited. (laughs) Um, After that, we have our big 25th episode. And Steve chose before for that... The Fifth Element. The Fifth Element. the 25th ranked movie from 25 years ago. Yes, so 25, 25, 25. That is what's coming up, and we hope that you listen, rate, and leave a review. Um, We've gotten some comments so far and some DMs on Facebook, but we haven't gotten many reviews yet, and it really can help us to be found by other people who might enjoy the show. So until then, my name is Megan. And I'm Steve. Have a great week, everybody.